Jaya Mache has seen the world. She grew up in Mumbai, India and moved with her family to Switzerland when she was a teenager. She studied German and French before she joined Nokia Treasury in Geneva. More than 10 years ago, she decided to move back to Asia and picked Singapore as her new home. After all, Jara describes Singapore as the Switzerland of Asia. Through her work at Nokia, she got excited about executive coaching and graduated with a Master of Counseling from the Monash University in Australia in 2010. She runs her own full-time coaching business and recently discovered Picablo and Neuland and added it to her portfolio. Today, she's the local distributor for Neuland Facilitation Gear in Singapore under the venture alllinedup.biz. Jaya introduces you to the topic of executive coaching. She explains what coaching is and isn't, and we compare it to deeper interventions like counseling and therapy. We introduce different coaching approaches and how they might be a fit for you. Jara offers deep insights into executive coaching, starting with the coaching contract and defining the objectives before we move on to practical tips and tricks. We have a look at how Picablo helps you to become a better coach and look into the future of Picablo in Singapore and what might it bring to the world. I have enjoyed this interview and the first training in Singapore a lot and look forward to be back in September. Jaya, welcome to the Picablo Radio. Welcome. It's really great to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Marcel. Lovely to be here. We're looking back right now to the first day of a Picablo training mm -hmm. that we, that you brought to Singapore. And we're sitting here in Singapore in your house. And I, I want to thank you again for hosting me and thank you. organizing that. It's really great to be with you. Thanks so much. It was a lovely day and uh, I think the participants were really happy. So thank you for that. Great. Before we deep dive into Picablo any further, I think um, you have also next to the Picablo trainer world, you have also another world that we would like to talk about in, in this episode, which is executive coaching. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. And, and your business is called uh, Coaching Tigers. Yes, right? that's right. How long you run this business? So it's been six years now that I left the corporate world and really went out into the wilderness, so to say, and started my own company called Coaching Tiger. So nice. And I'm really excited to talk about this further. And but before we go there, um, Jaya, you are born in India. You moved to Switzerland. And from there, you move back to Singapore, back to Asia and then to Singapore. That's right. Um, I think it's always great to connect with the person first and hear a bit of the life story. Whether what brought you here to, to Singapore running with me this training. Mm -hmm. um, and, and walk me through, walk me back when you were a child growing up in India. How was that? Yeah, lovely. Thanks, Marcel. So growing up in India, actually, my dad used to work for a Swiss company. Uh, a pharmaceutical company, Sibagaygi. So we grew up in a very mini Switzerland to some extent in India. And uh, we moved to Switzerland when I was a teenager. So that was actually quite a big move, moving from Mumbai to a very small town in Switzerland called Basel. And uh, at that time, actually, they had not seen so many foreigners. So they were very, uh, very friendly. 
and uh, asking me uh, if I did yoga and meditation. And I was like, no, guys, why are you asking me this? I'm a teenager. So that was really the beginning of self-awareness and understanding that, wow, okay, what does it really mean to be Indian? Because I had never really thought about something like that before. So it was a big change and I never thought I would stay on in Switzerland. But funnily enough, I became Swiss and lived there 20 plus years. So I just think, well, what, what, a, what an interesting thing. Like you see an Indian in, in Switzerland, the first thing is like, I need to be yoga trainer who <laughs> yeah. travels the world. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a stereotype. Absolutely. Yeah. But good associations, I have yeah, to nice. say. Of course, today, if you ask me that, I would say yes to both the yoga and meditation. But at that stage, not really. So... You actually have practiced yoga and you have been a yoga trainer then later? No, not a trainer, but a practitioner. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, nice. yeah. Awesome. Well, maybe they saw the future. Thank you. <laughs> yes, maybe they did, actually. That's a good way to think about nice. it. Nice. And then um, you you were a teenager when you moved. So starting a new life on the other side of the planet. Mm. Um, walk me through that. So... Actually, it was, I found it quite challenging. My, my sister who moved with at the same time as me, you know, kind of landed on her feet. Um, I had studied German, but uh, obviously in, in Basel, they speak Switzerland, which is a dialect. And uh, that was really challenging and quite difficult to kind of grasp. So I actually moved quite quickly to the French speaking area. So to Geneva, Lausanne, where I studied. And uh, basically, after that, it became much easier because at least I could communicate in the same language. And uh, I joined Nokia and in uh, those early days when it was still not such a well-known company. So you had studied German, but you were before already speaking French? Uh, no, oh. I actually had studied French when I got there too. All right, okay. So it was uh, because I had studied some French in India, but yeah. the whole pronunciation thing was totally wrong. So I kind of had to start from scratch. Yeah. And and, and then you moved from, from the German-speaking part to the French-speaking part because yeah. it was more connected to your languages, like to your... Like yeah. The, and, uh, and easier. Exactly. And I studied hotel management. So that was in, in Lausanne, in the French-speaking area. So that kind of then naturally happened that I moved to Geneva, and which was already a more international city. And then in, in Geneva, you, you started for Nokia. What was your, what, what was your, how many years do you work with them? What, what have you done there? So I worked for Nokia actually a long time, 23 years. Yeah. I started off in accounting and kind of worked my way up the ranks with Nokia uh -huh. in the treasury center. So I headed the cash management for the group. So which is kind of the money coming in and out, the payments, the bank relations. So that was a fun, fun role and really managed to build it up. Uh, with my colleagues, which was great. It sounds like a very Swiss stereotype. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the money bit, which was interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so that was good. And I always wanted to come back to Asia because uh, I had never really worked here. Yeah. So Singapore seemed like a really good option. So it was like uh, Switzerland of the East. So um, we moved here with my husband uh, and uh, I was then offered the role of the Asian treasurer, with, still with Nokia. And uh, I really enjoyed that because Asia was really booming and uh, lots of stuff going on here. So mm -hmm. Nice. So how many years have you now been in Singapore? Then? I've been here 13 years. So time flies and yeah. uh, Singapore is a really easy place to settle into and uh, most enjoyable. I absolutely can understand that. Yeah. So I just... Um, like thanks to your great travel guide that you gave me in the booklet. 
yeah. I walk the day and I really can see it's uh, it's quite accessible for mm, Westerners absolutely. to just jump in when you're like mm. I, I'm living in Melbourne as well as in Hamburg so there's this um, easy connection mm. it's really it feels like seamlessly I, I, I can jump in a cab and can pay by credit cards everything is working very That's well right. and yeah. so great and very simple to to do in the exchange rate to Australia it's just one by one I even know the money ah right okay so it's, uh, it's very nice uh, Singapore it's very nice I look forward to come back to you yeah um, look forward to that too um so when you arrived here then, the you were not working anymore for Nokia? Or what have you done then from here, from, so I, from there? So I was working for Nokia. So Nokia moved me here as the All Asian right. treasurer. So that was cool. And uh, they then sent me to for an executive uh, education training to IMD, the Swiss Business School, for 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. And during that program, they gave me an executive coach. And I was like, oh, my God this job exists, this is what I want to do. So I called my boss and I said, hey, I found my next job. And he was like, okay, you know, try relax, don't don't get too excited. So I realized then that, you know, this was something that really appealed to me because uh, the coach that I had really helped me sort out some things that I'd been struggling with professionally. So that was a great experience. This is... Um, let's dive in there a bit mm. because for me I, I have a similar experience I was working for um, five years I think five years for a company called IT Agile in Hamburg mm-hmm. and it's an agile consultancy that uh, like in, invests a lot in their in their consultants mm. and um, when I was working with clients I, I figured out I had the same I had some struggles in, in particular situations and I did then actually with the psychologist supervision about my work and I right. just reflected on how I reacted and why. Mm-hmm. So I, we drilled deeper in, you would say, maybe the history. Right. What happened in your past. Right. And why you react in, in, in which way. That's great. Yeah. And um, it was very enlightening. Mm. It was really deep like to see that. And uh, I think I would not be there where I am today when I would not have done those yeah. sessions. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So how was that for you? How, uh, how does this... This, this work, this executive coaching in, mm-hmm. in, that you have experienced there? So I think it was really the fact of actually having somebody who's very neutral, but really there for you, creating a safe space in which you can really think about things and talk about things. Because it's not the same thing to talk to a friend or a boss or a colleague, because there is a certain amount of, you know, their own view of the situation here you have somebody who really is very neutral and just listening to it and listening to you in a way that they can maybe see some patterns and connections that you yourself are not aware of yeah and it's it's um as far as i know i have not the biggest knowledge about life or life about coaching in general um like it's also like the 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 body language and everything mm, you do is right so absolutely it's not only the words you say absolutely yeah. and and you know what a coach does is they kind of put a mirror up to you and say hey you know Jaya, i'm hearing you say this mm. and suddenly you look at that image and you think wow okay i didn't realize that you know either you're struggling with an emotion or the situation is kind of uh, affecting you in a particular manner yeah so you were hooked with the idea of coaching What have you done then? So I was really hooked about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought, okay, how can I do this? Because uh, I didn't want to stop working because I loved my job. Um, So 
I met actually an, a coach during the program who was also uh, ex Nokia, funnily enough, and he told he had lived in Singapore, and he told me about universities who actually come uh, to Singapore. So the Australian University, I, I did my masters of counselling with Monash University, and they came every quarter to teach the subject. So it was actually quite easy to do. By the way, Monash is a client of Picabo. <laughs> is a client of. So yeah, okay, nice. Yeah, there's a loop going. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you, you, you have studied then um, for how many years? Or like, so it took me a year and a half yeah. to do. So, uh, but what was really nice was that you would do one uh, quarter, uh, you do a subject for a quarter and then move on to the next yeah. subject, which still made it doable, you know, wh while working full time, etc. Yeah, nice. And the... Um, the, 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 the end was a master or bachelor? Yes, a master's. Uh, of, of what? Of counseling. A master of counseling. Yeah. Okay. Um, that puts up a question in my head. Can mm -hmm. you uh, help me to understand what is the difference between counseling, coaching, mm -hmm. um, therapist or psychologist? Like, right. Give us an overview around this world. Okay. So counseling and uh, therapy are sort of longer interventions and they also look back at the past whereas coaching is really thinking about okay I'm here today where do I want to get to so you're kind of trying to bridge the gap between today and the future yes. whereas counseling or therapy you're kind of trying to figure out okay I'm here today but what has happened to me why am I that way why the heck I'm here yeah exactly and what could have gone wrong and how do I need to yeah. sort of what do I need to uncover to be able to move forward all right so coaching in that sense is a lighter intervention yeah and it is also with people who are you know uh, I don't want to say uh, normal but who don't suffer from any mental problems mm -hmm. Jaya when you when you, you said like uh, coaching I, I'm, ex I'm excited to understand how does coaching works like if I think about myself I would like to become a coach mm. how would that um, look like what is walk me through the process that a coach okay. works with an executive or right so uh, coaching is actually one of the professions which has very little barriers to entry so that's a bit of a it's positive but it's also quite negative because that means that it's very difficult to differentiate people who have had a good experience or have had have done this for a long time so uh, there are ways to differentiate and there is certification like ICF, the International Coach Federation, will certify you and say, okay, you've done so many hours, you are at this particular level, etc. So there are a lot of coaching programs which are available. And uh, I did one which lasted a year long, which was really great because it helps you, first of all, understand yourself and then understand how others operate. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the be The first thing is to think about what type of coaching program would you be interested in. I, I would really recommend to the listeners, if they want to become an executive coach or a coach, uh, a serious coach, they should look at the International Coach Federation programs that they recommend. So that already gives you a certain recognition and understanding that, okay, these programs have been verified and they will be uh, certified when they finish those programs. Nice. I, I um, actually did one 
um, weekend just as a, like as a kickstart an introduction right. to coactive coaching. Is this is this a yes. line for that or it's it, yes, coactive coaching is one of the good ones uh, also. Yeah, and uh, I like I like their methods and they're also certified by ICF. So that's that's definitely one that uh, could be. I would I would definitely recommend. So when I now look at my 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 path of becoming mm. a, a coach, um, corrective coaching is one. What are the differences in the in the in the area? Right. So there are different types of coaching. So I did one called ontological coaching, where basically they're looking at your way of being. So how do you show up in the world? So they're really looking at you as a person, and thinking that okay, who is Marcel? What is some of the, you know, how does he show up physically, so somatically? How does he show up in the world? What are some of his emotions? What is some of the language he uses, etc.? And that's, so those are different gateways to enter into discussions with the coachee, mm -hmm. so the person who's being coached. Mm -hmm. So body language and, and, and um, also the, the, the words I choose and like... Yes. And some of the emotions, because we're not actually aware of how much we are emotional beings, right? We like a lot of us think, oh, I'm super rational. I have clients who say to me, no, I'm not emotional at all. And in this company, we don't show emotions. But in fact, the way our brain is wired is that actually all our decisions first go through the limbic system, which is the emotional part of the brain. And then we rationalize our decisions. So even though we would like to think we're super rational, in fact, that's... That's really not that true. Shit, now I feel observed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did I just say? Great. And and what other? Like apart from that, there is I don't I don't I just heard about NLP or like uh, yes. systematic coaching. Or so what is that? so NLP is that neuro linguistic programming where they're really trying to get some clues on the language on the body language that is used. Mm -hmm. There's also solutions focused program uh, coaching, which we had a. A participant today in our program who was talking about that. Yeah. Who so it's more looking at the solutions rather than focusing on the problems. So there are actually quite a few different schools of coaching that can you know more appeal to people more. So I think it's a good good idea is to kind of look at them, and most of them allow you to have a you know short introduction. You can attend a session and see whether you know that that fits with the way you are and the way you think. So that, that I think is an is a very good mm. tip that felt for me um, very much like when I did this coactive coaching like mm. um, there's this pot and there's a lid and it needs to fit together right into your exactly. beliefs and yeah values yeah nice um, but you're not becoming an executive coach overnight so so how does it go from there like yeah how do you exactly so you have to, so you do a coach program a coach training program. And then basically, if you want to be certified by ICF, for instance, you would need to log a certain number of hours. So the minimum is 100 hours. And then you, you actually uh, would need to sit an exam to be sure that you're at a certain level. Or then the next level is 750 hours, etc. Nice. Okay, so when we look at this now, um, how does a coaching session then look like mm. when I come to your program? Okay, so I think one of the distinctions which would be important to make is the difference between executive coaching and life coaching, etc. So executive coaching is more about in a work setting. So it's a so normally it's the company which uh, 
pays for it. So they say, okay, I have this high potential leader or I have this leader who's now transitioning to a new team or who has this issue, very good at hitting his numbers, but not very good at taking care of his team. So, you know, this would be a good intervention for this person. And life coaching is more about an individual saying, okay, I need some help here. Either I want to, you know, I'm not, I feel I'm not fulfilling my potential or whatever it is. So as an executive coach, it's uh, so the company will sort of call a few coaches and say, okay, why don't you meet this person who's looking for coaching? And then we have what we call a chemistry check. Mm-hmm. And that really means that the coach and the person who's going to be coached, we call them the coachee, they check if they like each other, whether they think that they can trust each other, whether they can work together. Because as you know, Marcel, the actual power of this is the conversation is in the relationship, whether the person feels that they can open up to this person, whether they can really trust them and whether they, you know, are willing to listen to what the coach has to say. Yeah, nice. Yes, it makes total sense. Like if you feel not connected, you can't open up and yeah. then it's not the same. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like you can't really um, put all the jackets you have on or like the, the mm. protections off, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's really about starting with thinking about, okay, so what is the issue over here? So what I typically do and a lot of coaches do also is do interviews. So we do stakeholder interviews. So you might have a discussion with the boss, with colleagues, with team members, and uh, just ask them some simple questions. We could do like a traffic light questions like, okay, you know, what should this person start doing, stop doing, continue doing? And the catch-all question, you know, what do you think I should know about this person that uh, you think would be useful for them? And that way, you know, people are actually very open if they realize that the coaching is in the benefit of that person. So they all want to help. And they're quite open with saying that, okay, this person could do better at, you know, either it's listening or, you know, being more open or inclusive or whatever it may be. Um, on that, because you have like a, for me, a triangle there mm-hmm. of having the, the boss or the sponsor pays for that yeah. and the coachee uh, you, that you coach. Yeah. So it's like you, you the, the sponsor basically tells you um, what, what his objectives are and you right. are, this is, um, you need to create a transparency, right? Like right. To exactly. To coach, the coachee that this is what, what, why we are together. Exactly. That's a really good question. So basically with these stakeholder interviews, you kind of come up with themes. So typically you would come up with, you know, a few things that everybody's saying about this person. And then I would, the coach would say to the person, the coachee saying, hey, this is, you know, what's coming up in the feedback. What do you think? Do you agree? Do you not agree, etc." So if the coachee agrees... Then we say, okay, are these things you want to work on? And they say, yes, or, you know, I don't think this is relevant, etc. Then we meet with the, with the boss who's paying the bills and say, okay, you know, this is what we agreed to work on. Does it, does it meet your needs? How many times would you say, or how often, I, from my experience, I am asking a rhetorical question, by the right. way, because I'm answering the sponsors often the problem as well. Could be. So there's a broken relationship in, in the world when I do agile coaching between right. the level up management and the team, or in this case, because I work with teams often. Mm. Um, how often is, is the problem in the in the, one of the axes of the triangle, like that the connection between the coachee and the sponsor is maybe 
So it can happen that there's a tension between the boss yeah. and the coachee. Uh, it doesn't happen so that often because actually coaching is really offered as a gift. So they say, okay, you know, we really think that this would help you. Nice. Okay. But I think that calibration of the objectives allows that discussion. So as the coach, you facilitate it and you say, okay, you know, these are the things this person thinks are important. And then, you know, the boss might have said something which then is not taken on as the objectives. But then, you know, the boss will say, no, I don't think, you know, you're working on the right things. And we have that open discussion. And then you, when you have this agreement, when you have this contract mm. of coaching, what's your, what's your objectives you want to reach? Um, you take me into a room for six days and, and we, we're not getting out until I'm enlightened? <laughs> Absolutely. Or no, I'm, no, 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 nothing like that, Marcel. So I think the first thing is, so we agree on the objectives. Yeah. But also what is very important to agree on is how are we going to know we've achieved them? Yeah. Because it's one thing to say, okay, these are the things we're going to change, but who's going to notice and who's going to give the feedback? So that's also very important to say that, okay, the same people might be asked or what are those, how are we going to notice that something has changed? So we don't, unfortunately, in a way, it would be quite nice if you could kind of do a pressure cooker approach with people and, you know, kind of spend that much time with them. But that rarely happens unless you're doing a leadership program or something like this. So on one-on-one -on -one coaching, we'd probably start with a couple of hours, the first session really that get to know each other sessions. So try to understand the person's history and very importantly, their context, because as you said, you know, maybe it's the relationships with with the boss, with the team, what's really going on for them. Mm -hmm. And then typically you would meet uh, in the beginning, maybe every two weeks and then maybe once a month. And during each of those sessions, we would agree what would that person be practicing because it's really about changing behaviors. And that's what coaching is all about. And behavioral change is one of the hardest things to do. So it would at least take six to nine months for that behavior to kind of become more natural. So that's, that's the way we go about it. So the person will try out something and then we debrief and say, okay, so, you know, what happened? Did it go well? Didn't it go well? And then if it doesn't go that well, you know, what can you change? How could you flex it? Or if it went well, you know, great. How are you going to continue doing it, etc. Nice. Yeah, makes makes total sense to me. You said another word that I have not heard before, a leadership program. Or mm. what, what do you mean by that? So leadership programs is that, um, so you can have several types of leadership programs, either those happening within a company, so they might want to put all the management team, for instance, through a leadership training and then some team coaching. So you would actually coach the whole intact team together and try to figure out what are the relationships, what are the issues in that team. Or there are also programs which can be what we call open enrollment. So individuals from different companies go to this program and then they kind of think about their leadership. So you, you, you have then the same contract that you stay couple, meet every couple of weeks or how is this? So that would be a, like a more intense uh, program. Like you mentioned, some of them can go up to five or six days. All right. So where, you know, you actually have sessions in plenary. So we are exposing them to theories, leadership theories and different models. And then there's a small group work where uh, a small group of individuals are looking at, you know, who they are today and what are the things which have impacted them, what has impacted their leadership. They might look at, you know, what are some of the... So one of the activities we do is what we call a lifeline. 
yeah. where you graph out, you know, think of all the things that have happened to you in your life, the highs and the lows, and think about, okay, who were the people who were there to support you during that time? So that could be called, like we call it also a secure base, the people who you could count on. And then seeing, you know, are those people still there for you? And thinking about, okay, I had these difficult things that happened to me in my life, but did I manage to rebound? Did I have that resilience? And, you know, because of that, maybe I, you know, managed to go even higher or achieve more than, you know, if everything was smooth sailing. So that means I, I, I order a big roll of paper from all lined up to this and then do like a hundred meter paper <laughs> with a lifeline up the plus and the minus. Exactly. Or, or, or how, do, how do you do that so, with the people? So it's really about choosing life events so we don't get yeah. to that big scale. So it can be an A3 sheet or something okay. like that. But really trying to think back about some of those events. Mm -hmm. And we don't oftentimes stop and take stock of our lives, right? We don't suddenly sit down and say, okay, so, you know, what are those important events? And then when you actually start looking at them, you realize that, wow, how has this impacted me as a leader? And you can start to see links that actually you never noticed before. And you do this in a group. And since, yes, exactly. And since you do it in a group, other people might notice things, you know, about your lifeline that you haven't noticed. Or I oftentimes have participants saying, oh, yeah, right, this happened to you. Well, something similar happened to me and, you know, I didn't... I don't didn't remember it, so you know that exchange also enriches the. So let me let me try to recap what I understood. Yeah. Like you get into in those leadership programs, you get into um, um, this is a sounds like the pressure cooker mm. where you where you we go for a couple of days together and you work in small groups mm -hmm. as well as in bigger groups. You split yeah. up and come together and uh, put apart the groups and have like a core smaller group. That's correct. Where yeah. you open up more and yes. you. you and those uh, lifelines you have to do for yourself, right? Yeah. It's not a group thing. So you, so you would do your lifeline, I would do my lifeline, and then yeah. we would present it and we right. would be curious nice. about each other and say, okay, so when that happened to you, you know, what was, you know, what was going on? Or... So there's that exchange. And in the fact of telling it, you make different connections and understand it better. Nice. And it makes, of course, total sense. Mm. Lifeline with Picablo like visualizing yeah. it with, with, uh, with nice icons, with That's the right. blizzard or with the happy faces or the sad faces. I, absolutely nice. Yeah. Um, that's great. That's a great technique. Can you share more from your toolbox of how, how, how would the leadership program look like? Mm. So I think um, besides, so it's really about helping people take stock of where they're at and also helping them recognize that you know, is this what I want to do with the rest of my life? So I think it's, you know, an opportunity to stop and think, which we oftentimes don't have in real life exactly. because we're running from one thing to the next and sort of thinking, okay, how did I get here today and where do I want to go? So I think coaching is also a great opportunity. So when you're being coached to really just stop and think, okay, so what, what do I want to do with my life? Right? Yes. Yeah. I completely get that. Like when I was at this um, one weekend course, mm. I think I learned so much about myself yeah. that I wasn't aware of before. Exactly. Just in one weekend. So exactly. it's, it's absolutely worth it. Yeah. And, and you know, if you think about Daniel Goldman, who came up with the term of emotional in intelligence, he yeah. says that the first building block is the self-awareness. If we are not aware of ourselves, 
we cannot be aware of others because you need to understand yourself first and then you can understand others. So I think that's really what coaching is about. It's really about creating that self-awareness and understanding that, okay, we are who we are. We can try to change some parts of it. And some parts we just have to recognize that, okay, you know, this, like you mentioned, you know, this person or this type of person might affect me because of something in my past. How do I overcome that? Yeah. Thank you very much for, for sharing this deep look into leadership program and, and life um, and, and executive coaching. It's really, really helpful. As this is a visualization podcast, like let's take the, like the jump of um, you also run um, um, a business called alllinedup.biz, um, which is the Neuland distributor for Singapore. And as long as I do, I pass on new details to pretty much everyone in Australia as well. Thank so you, Marcel. Yeah. The... Um, how, how does this happen? Just in, on your lifeline, where we just talked about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah? So from executive coaching, how did you got connected to visual facilitation, to mm. visual thinking, to be Carlo? Like, right. how was that journey? So I start, So when I first started, I was very, very keen on just doing executive coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching. So I thought, okay, I'm really keen on this. I love the relationship. I, this is what I want to focus on. And then I had a few opportunities to do facilitation, leadership training, etc. And I said, okay, why not? Let me try it. And I realized that actually it was great fun to have the difference of working with a group of 10, 20 people and once in a while having that, you know, intimate conversation on the executive coaching. So I like the difference between impacting more people at the same time. And when I started uh, doing this leadership training, I realized that the, the tools that were available in Asia were actually quite lousy. So, you know, the markers that were available would also seep through, etc. And I really wanted to do it a bit old school and not do the PowerPoints, etc. And that's when I realized that, God, I need to learn how to draw, which is where I you know, came across Bicablo. So it was kind of a, a gradual process of finding Uh, Neuland, Bicablo, and thinking, okay, how how can I actually use all this? Yeah, I just I just wonder, like, um, you, you you found it just by Google, on on online in Google, or mm. do you had a contact? Or so I met, I one of the people I worked with was a visual practitioner, and she mentioned Neuland to me. So I said, okay, let me try it out, and I really liked the products, and I thought, okay, well, you know, why not? I would you know talk to them and see if I could be the distributor for Singapore because in a way it was kind of a nice counterbalance to be doing something tangible sort of you yes. know others I'm always selling intangible services yes. like uh, coaching etc yes. so I thought okay having a product would you know be quite tangible yes. and a different approach and it was very tangible I was just here at your house when a uh, two euro pellets full of awesome <laughs> facilitation it was like Christmas for myself yeah right from Germany yeah it's really uh, great to see that someone uh, is, is helping to to spread the word around the good German facilitation year yeah and thanks Marcel for your help with the <laughs> delivery because we really needed it yeah we were carrying stuff so <laughs> yes. very helpful very good so Like if we if we see now visual facilitation, you have mm -hmm. attended the training in person with me, and then um, I, I flew now over to run the training with you, like organized by you, like here. Um, let's look into the future. We are right now here in the room, and and um, where would you like on two questions 
um, do this for yourself like what is the what is the thing you would like to do in your in your coaching business with mm -hmm. with the with the techniques you have learned right or how do you see the application of picablo and visual facilitation and the other thing um uh, where's the future in general like where you think you would like to go so for me as a coach i think Bicablo is really very powerful because it helps you and the coachee kind of be on the same page. So the way I want to take this into my work is really sitting and, you know, both parties recording visually and having that as a kind of a note or a summary of our conversations and something which is visually appealing, something that they can look at and, and remember and look back to and think, oh, yes, right, that's what we discussed. This is what I'm going to work on. These were the events that happened. So I think for in that sense, we should visually recording that is extremely powerful. And also in the leadership trainings, I noticed that the participants are always taking photographs of flip charts. And that's the thing they remember. They, you know, the slide deck, you know, will never be top of mind. But something that they can see and touch is really much more powerful and appealing for them. I absolutely agree. So I'm, I'm uh, on that. I, I run a free meetup in Melbourne right. where we uh, give an introduction into Picablo Visual Facilitation every month. And the, the thing is, like, when we have a small group that has a nice dynamic, but one mm. person in the group has, like, a career question or like where she wants to go we often then agree like on a on a little contract that we do a visual coaching okay. and and we um we visualize her career journey so far and where nice. she wants to go mm. and where's the undiscovered country of where she would like and how to bridge the sea like the big ocean of coming to the new skills right and all the time when we are done with this drawing like a landscape map basically the people roll it up carefully nice. and take it home and say, can I have it? Can I have it? <laughs> and and um, yeah. I, of course, like don't take pictures. Like this is basically my life. Thing. Right. And they're really taking care of that. And I, I got messages later. Um, I'm, this is at my home. It's hanging on the wall. So wow. it's like, like how it's, it becomes a very important artifact yes. to, to remind the person. Yeah. And very personal, isn't it? It's really about them and it's about their lives. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. So like this is an experience I have with, with graphic recording in general. The people like it because mm. they see their own words. Mm. They see their own themselves. Exactly. Right? In a beautiful way. Exactly. Yeah. And coaching is very much about in similarly using their words, their language and helping them kind of connect to the content, isn't it? So looking forward, will we have a visual coaching based on Picablo? I'd love to be able to do that. That would be great. It would really be Happy fun. Happy to attend. Thank you. Yes. So I think really the opportunities, I think, are there. It's just about putting those pieces together and, you know, figuring that out. Yeah. And um, coming back to, to, to Neuland for a moment, um, how did this happen? Like you, you just decided you want to become the distributor or... You just knocked on um, Guido's Norland's door and said, "I'm Jai. I want to do it." Or like, how was it? Yes. Yeah, so I wrote them a mail and said, "Hey, you know, are you guys interested in having a distributor in Singapore?" And they were like, "Okay, let's discuss." And uh, we went. Uh, so my husband's French, so we normally go back to France for Christmas, and we said, "Okay, let's go and pay these guys a visit and and uh, go and see them." So we went and visited the their site and uh, talked to them yeah yeah Ashenzel and uh, 
got to got to know the products a bit better and that was you know where we started nice yeah so you walk there through the the nice showrooms yes absolutely yes. saw all the beautiful flip charts and all the material and it really is so exciting i don't know i feel like a kid as soon as i get those markers in my head it's, it's like a toy shop for exactly myself. yes yeah very nice and i think all our participants even today we saw right the, the actual joy of having those colors and this it brings out a playfulness in all of us doesn't yes. it yeah absolutely let's look far to in the future what mm -hmm. would you like to do going forward so I very much like this new life you know where I'm actually doing this executive coaching leadership training on a full-time basis really enjoying that hopefully adding more uh, competencies in Bicablo and uh, getting better at using it and uh, new partnerships are coming up so mm -hmm. you know seeing who else I can work with and really trying to help um, facilitators, trainers get access to products that probably they don't have today. So I'm always on the lookout for new partnerships, new uh, games, simulations, etc. Oh, yes. That, uh, that could be very powerful in uh, trainings, in interactions. And all lined up, our tagline is tools for meaningful conversations. And that's really what is very important for me because I feel that As human beings, as long as we can have these meaningful conversations, either in the form of coaching or in a Bicablo training or anything, it's just that connection between two human beings is what we are all looking for, isn't it? And anything, that any products or any services which can create that community, that connection is really what I'm trying to do. I don't want to add anything to that. That was very nice. Thank um, you, Marcel. Do you want to answer something that I haven't asked? It's like the full circle question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think you've asked me everything. Thank you. Then really, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me here. And I look forward to be back soon and running the next training with you. Yeah, thank you so much, Marcel. It's been wonderful to have you here in Singapore. And we're I'm so happy to have had this Bicablo training in Singapore. So thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you live somewhere next in Singapore, then please check out the website, which is alllinedup.biz. You not only find Neuland Facilitation Gear, but you also find the next training in September. You can book it online in her shop and I look forward to see you in September there. If you live in Australia or somewhere in New Zealand, please have a look at my website. It's marcelvanhove.com. And if you live somewhere else on the planet, for example in the US, we have an America tour coming up this July. We do seven trainings over 10 weeks. And we start from the Carcer near Atlanta and make our way to San Francisco. Two friends of mine decided to travel this and to teach and they have incredible great hosts across America who are also very experienced graphic facilitators. Have a look at usa.picablo.com. There you find all the details about the America tour. Last but not least, if you enjoyed the show, if you like the Picablo radio, please give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment on iTunes or tweet about it and share it with your friends on social media. This simple help pushes the podcast up in the ranks and makes it more accessible to other people. More people find it and we share the great learnings we have. Thank you very much for listening again and enjoy the rest of your week. Mm -hmm.